All right. So our scripture reading is taken from the book of Revelation, the 12th chapter and the 12th verse. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 12. The scripture says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. The devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Our message, continuing in our series on apologetics, our message today is, is there a devil? Is there a devil? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. Lord, more than ever, today I ask that you make me just a nail upon the wall, a rusty, sorry nail, Lord. But upon that nail, Lord, I ask that you hang a portrait of Jesus Christ. Today, more than ever, Lord, I need not be seen or heard. We need to hear a word from the throne room of grace. Help us, Lord, to understand these great spiritual truths. This is our prayer in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. I'm going to go to one of my favorite books of the Bible, one of the most fascinating stories, and that is the book of Job, to begin our discussion on the enemy. In the book of Job, the first chapter, it starts out by explaining how upright Job is. It speaks of how much he has. I'll skip those verses. Um, he was quite a wealthy man with 10 children, seven sons, and three daughters. Uh, and he was one who sacrificed for his children. As his, he sa sacrificed and to sanctify his children in case they sinned. That's the kind of person Job was. Job 1 and verse 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. So as we begin to look at whether or not there is a devil, the first thing you have to understand is that in the book of Job, the curtain is moved to the side so that we can see the inner workings of the struggle between Christ and Satan. The great controversy is put in a unique light in this story, and you can understand much about the enemy of our souls from this story. One of the things you learn is that Satan is not omnipresent. Satan cannot be everywhere at all at the same time. When he's asked where he was, he says he was walking to and fro in the earth. Did you get that? The second thing is Satan for a time had access to heaven even after he sinned in heaven. And in the book of Job, he still has that access. It is revoked later on as we will talk about. So Satan is on earth. And when the sons of God came together, uh, it was the leaders of the of all of the unfallen worlds who came, the Adams, as it were, of the other worlds. But representing earth was Satan, because when Adam and Eve sinned, they gave dominion over this earth, in a sense, over to Satan. And so Satan has power in this earth, as we shall see. Verse 8, and the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and eschews evil, who avoids evil, who disdains evil. Isn't this powerful? I pray that God would one day be able to say this about me. Have you considered my servant Job? Satan answered and said, yeah, I know Job. Huh. He says, but does Job fear you for nothing? In other words, you, Job is in a special position. He goes on, he says, Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. And so Satan's argument is the only reason he serves you, the only reason he's good is because of how you protect him. It's because when Job goes out in the field and plows, uh, he gets an abundant return on his efforts. He's wealthy and taken care of. I've tried to get to Job is basically what Satan is saying. I've tried to destroy Job, but when I try, you protect him. 
So Satan, in his evil cunning, says in verse 11, but put forth your hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. Did you get that? Satan believes, and let me. there's a lesson in this that, that I didn't think of when I was preparing this, but there's a lesson in this. Satan wants you to believe that your value to God is in the value of your possessions. So that if your possessions go, it means God no longer values you. And you know what? There are a lot of churches that preach a what we call a prosperity gospel, that if you are a believing, faithful Christian, you should have everything you want. That is a lie from the pits of hell. Put forth your hand and touch him and he'll curse you to your face. And Job 1.12, and the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only upon himself put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So one of the other lessons is that God, Satan can only do what God allows. So we'll come back to that. Here are the key questions for our study today. It's more of a study than it is a sermon. Here are the key questions. Four questions. First one, is there a devil? We kind of already answered that, but we'll get a little deeper into it. Second is, what is the devil capable of? Where is the evidence of him in society? And fourth, and maybe most importantly for the believer, what is his final end? Four questions. The first one, is there a devil? So, one of the things that happens, if you read The Great Controversy and even read, um, uh, uh, there's a lot in The Great Controversy on this topic, but one of the things the devil wanted to do was to convince the world that he does not exist. We are taught in The Great Controversy at around the time of the French Revolution, what's, when Satan and his, and, his, and his angels got together, the plan was to try and remove his evidence of him from society so that reason could be what was worshipped. So that reason would take over. And you know what happened in the French Revolution. But all of the tarot card readers and all of the um 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 all of the 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 the, the soothsayers and and even the witches, all of them re were were taken out of Paris. They were taken out of France. They began to hide across the world, they began to retreat and it, to make it seem like this was just some superstition, that there was really nothing else uh to a devil or to the mystical or spiritualism, which will deal with spiritualism in a whole nother um, 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 sermon. The idea was that if the world stops believing in the devil, he gets an upper hand. And then what happens is you get people to play with the devil. Right? So we're going to talk about the horror movies and the, and the hip hop music and the rock and roll and all the ways the devil begins to manifest himself. I remember when I was a kid, one of our neighbors was, he, he was trying to clear out his basement, or my, my grandparents' neighbor in Hartford on Simpson Street. And he was trying to clear out his basement. Charlie was clearing out his basement and he had all his grandkids. So they were all grown. He was giving away all his toys. And, and one of the toys was a Ouija board. And, and one of my cousins took the Ouija board into my grandmother's house. Let me tell you something, boy. My grandmother almost beat all of us over that Ouija board. And she wouldn't even throw it away. It had to be broken into pieces and then thrown away. Because we were taught you don't play with the devil. So is there a devil? Well, the Bible is clear. We've established the Bible as truth. Here's what the Bible says. Isaiah 14 and verse 12. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my uh, throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. His first name was Lucifer, light bearer. He was one of the covering cherubs in heaven. He was, and we're going to find out as we read Isaiah and Ezekiel, that he was once a perfectly created being. Let me make this clear. We talked about this before, but let me make it clear again. God did not create sin. He gave his beings the freedom to choose. And here, Lucifer chooses rebellion. He wanted to exalt himself above the stars of God. What are the stars of God? Revelation 12 tells us the stars are the angels. He wanted to be above all the other angels. He wanted to sit where God sits. He wanted to sit in the place of Christ. 
He says in Isaiah 14 and verse 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I want you to remember when you're dealing with the devil, what he's after is to be worshipped. And this is why some people get all get uh, all that they get on earth. They're willing to exchange their soul for the devil's rewards. And if you read Roger Renault's book, A Trip into the Supernatural, where he comes out of demon worshiper in French uh, in Montreal in French Canada, um, and back in the 1940s, he tells the stories of what the demon priests um, um, teach. So in the book, you get some insight into what is taught inside of the, the worship of demons. And one of the things um, that he talks about is that you can't get a, but a certain amount of success in this society if you do not sign allegiance to Satan. Y'all missing this thing. Let me make it plain for you. The best singers aren't the ones you hear on the radio. It is the singers who have signed some form of an agreement with the enemy. When Oprah Winfrey and Denzel Washington were talking about Denzel Washington's part in the movie Glory and how he acted so well and the one tear came down his face and, uh, uh, and Oprah Winfrey says, how did you do that? And Denzel says, I prayed. He says, I prayed to the spirits of the dead slaves so that they would fill him and, he, and act through him. I want to submit to you that this, the, 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 the mark of the enemy is on much of what we take for granted. Ezekiel says it like this, Ezekiel 28 and verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, thus saith the Lord God. Now what the Bible does, I don't have time to get into it today, is Satan is often in control of kingdoms and governments and world leaders. I think we kind of see that happening now. We definitely saw that with people like Hitler and others. But what the, de the devil's in control. So sometimes in the Bible, God is speaking to the world leader and Satan at the same time, because they're so under the control of the enemy. Watch this. He says, thou, thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. The devil wants you to think he's some hideous creature that looks like a monster, half man, half animal. When in fact, he is, the Bible says he, he was once perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. And sardius, topaz, the diamond, the barrel, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of your tablets and of your pipes was prepared in thee in the day thou wast created. So the Bible says not only is there a devil, he was created. Who created him? God created him. But he was created as Lucifer, not as the devil or as Satan. Now, the Bible also tells us that he was decked with these these beautiful jewels. And I heard a preacher once say, and I'm not sure how accurate it is. I, I, I can't find anything to substantiate it, but that he was in the presence of God. So when Lucifer would absorb the light from the Shekinah where, where, on the, in the earthly sanctuary where the Shekinah glory of God was, but in heaven where the actual glory of God was, as he covered it and he would come away from it with these stones on him, the light of God would be, still be reflected off of him and angels would, 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 would be um, a respectful when they saw that light. And it went to Satan's, to Lucifer's head. Because he could reflect the light of God with all of these stones. The Bible also tells you that he was built, created with pipes and tabrets. Which tells you that Lucifer is a living musical instrument. He was designed that way. So that he could praise God. That's what the scripture is telling you here. So one of his greatest weapons to this day is music. That's why you don't just listen to whatever is out there. So Ezekiel 28 and verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, as I was talking about. And I have set thee so. You are upon the holy mountain of God. You, you have walked up and down in the midst of of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. What changed? Till iniquity was found in you. He made a decision to choose rebellion against God, as we will see. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the, filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. 
Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up. Why was his heart lifted up? Because of his beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. I will lay thee before the kings that they may behold you. And what does Jesus himself say? Here's how powerful what Jesus says about Lucifer. Luke 10 and verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So we are told in the word that there is a devil. He was once Lucifer. He was created perfect. He rebelled against God, as we will see in heaven. Iniquity was found in him. And he became uh, the enemy of God. And this created the great controversy between Christ and Satan. But he could not stay in heaven in that rebellious state. We are told that God suffered long with him, trying to bring him back around. But he used deception to go from angel to angel, convincing them that God's law was too much, that God was not fair, that God was not right. He questioned the very character of God. He did this subtly so that he was able to take one third of the angels with him. Jesus says, I saw him like lightning fall from heaven. So the world wants you to believe he does not exist. This is Kerry Packer, a famous Australian businessman, one of the richest Australians. He passed in the mid-2000s, but he had, a, he, had a, he had a statement where he said, the good news is there's no devil. The bad news is there's no heaven. There's nothing. You see what happened? They want to take, take away the devil, just like they want to take away God. Remember we talked about how they want to remove God, no one believe in God, you evolved from nothing. This is a satanic doctrine. That you evolved from some primordial sludge. That you have no real purpose. And then they wonder why the schools are in the condition they're in. Well, if, if you've if you got a whole bunch of kids and none of them have any real purpose, except to find pleasure in this life, how do you think they're going to behave? There's no punishment for your actions. Here's what was shocking. This is a research uh, release on faith in Christianity um, that I found profound. Most Christians do not believe that Satan or the Holy Spirit exist. Now, this is, this is an extrapolated study where they looked at about eight, a little over 1,800 people and 1,800 Christians and questioned them in America. I think it matters where in America you ask. I think if you, uh, you ask this question in the Bible Belt, you're going to get, of 1,800 people, you're going to get a different answer than you ask it here in New England, for example. But here's what they said. Four out of 10 Christians, 40% strongly agreed that Satan is not a, a living being, but a symbol of evil. An additional two out of 10 Christians, 19%, said they agree somewhat with that perspective. So almost 60% of Christians don't actually believe that there is a literal devil. He just represents evil in general. A minority of Christians indicate that they believe Satan is real by disagreeing with the statement. One quarter disagreed strongly and about one-tenth disagreed somewhat. The remaining 8% of Christians were not sure what they believe about the existence of Satan. So was Satan successful in what he tried to do, what we, were, what we were warned of in the great controversy? Absolutely. It isn't the world. Don't miss this, church. It isn't the world that does not believe that there is no devil. It's the church. And here's the killer. The church acts like they don't believe it. And I'm talking about Christendom in general now, not our denomination. I'm talking about across all denominations. You, we act like there's no devil. Like there's no deceiver, usurper, accuser. That evil is just a thing. And as long as I, I'm nice to people, I'm not a part of that. And they don't realize Satan is wooing them into destruction. Revelation 12, 9. And, that, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were what? Cast out with him. So what does the devil have? He has an army. It's not just the devil. He has a third of the angels of heaven under his control. Demonic forces that can come against us. And if you travel the world, and even if you don't go so far sometimes, you can see this in action. I've been to places like Haiti, where, the, where, the, where it was Easter time, and the, and the, um, the voodoo priests, we met with the voodoo priests before we did our missionary trip. 
the SDA past, local SDA pastors, and the voodoo priests met. The voodoo priests were dressed in very nice suits. All the stereotypes you have, they didn't exist. And I remember after we finished preaching one Wednesday night, the, the rah-rah bands they were called came to try and get us to go to the cemetery with them to do a voodoo ritual. And I was with some folk from Loma Linda that, that may fall in that 60%. But don't believe, because I believe. They said, come with us, go to the cemetery. I said, I'm not going to the cemetery. They wanted us to go with them so that we could watch them raise the dead. Is the devil real? I believe he's real. I remember when I was working at, at the prison, I was, I was the medical director for the jails, not the prison, the jails for Orange County, California. And I had to, I was over all five of the jails for the county. And I remember the, um, the women's jail, I hate to say it, but the women's jail was the rougher one. That was the one I was more afraid to go into. I ain't gonna lie. The women's jail, I was always afraid to go in there. And I went in there this one day, they had a new lady come in from East Asia and she had tried to kill her son. And so uh, she they had locked, the family had locked in the bathroom and she, she, she was possessed by all accounts, by, by, by what I could see or what I was hearing. But when we went, I had to do like, I went to go do a physical exam. And so two of the deputies, the female deputies came with me, armed, or, you know, whatever they had, I don't know what they were armed with, but, but they came with me and we went to her, she had like a, they had put her in a special kind of locked room and I was going to get in there and the woman was laying flat on her back and she rose up like in a movie, just rose up off the bed. Get out with this deep voice. And the deputy, the, the two of them turned me, what do you want to do? I said, you heard the lady. I mean, I'm not going in there. Don't pay me enough money. That's not in my job description. Make sure her medications are refilled, but I'm not going up in there messing with all of this now. <laughs> he was cast out, but the demons were cast out as well. Which means that every day there are demons working to destroy us. Spirit of Prophecy tells us that if we could see the battle between the good angels and the evil angels every day over our lives, she says we would not leave our homes. And yet sometimes we leave our house without praying. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. Sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Great Controversy says it like this, 516. None are in greater danger from the influence of evil spirits than are those who, notwithstanding the direct and ample testimony of the scriptures, deny the existence and agency of the devil and his angels. So long as we are ignorant of their wiles, they have almost inconceivable advantage. Many give heed to their suggestions while they suppose themselves to be following the dictates of their own wisdom. Did you get that? Sometimes you think you came up with some clever idea and it is a suggestion from the enemy. Watch this. Great Controversy, page 516. This is why as we approach the close of time, when Satan is to work with greatest power to deceive and destroy, he spreads everywhere the belief that he does not exist. It is his policy to conceal himself and his manner of working. And you know where this pops up? In our houses. You see, we think when we argue with our spouse or our child that the argument is just between two people. What you don't understand is that Satan is working on your amygdala in your mind, the seat of your emotion. So that like in the children's story, something simple escalates into terrible controversy in the home. Satan wants our families and our homes. And so as long as we behave and act like the 60% in that survey, as if there is no devil, he will rule our homes. He will destroy our marriages. He will cause our children to walk into an abject and complete rebellion against God. He will work inside the church as well. Let me tell you something. There's nowhere Satan wants to manifest his power more than right here. He wants us to just have not trust one another. He wants us to not like one another. He wants us to criticize one another. He wants us to work against each other because a church divided is a church defeated. So the second one, what is he capable of? 
And there's a few things that I'm going to go through. And each one of them, to show you what he's capable of, is going to look like this. This is each one of the things that he's capable of. The first thing Satan is capable of is what? Temptation. He can tempt. He is a master at tempting. Luke 4 and verse 1, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What led Jesus? The Spirit. Jesus wasn't looking to be tempted. The Spirit led him there. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. If Satan can tempt Christ, can he tempt you? Except the Bible says Jesus was tempted in all points like we are, but what? Without sin. And in those days, Jesus ate nothing, and when they were ended, he was afterward a hungered. Look at how the devil tempts. This is just an example. And the devil said unto him, If you are the Son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall live by bread alone, but by, but by ev not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And so you get a little bit here. How does Satan tempt? He tries to play on our weaknesses. Christ was at his weakest point. Satan came. Listen, it's when you're loneliest that the devil sends the person that you might think is the will be the love of your life. Uh, somebody missed that. I'm going to have to say it again. It is when you are at your loneliest, when you feel you have to have a partner, when you are, 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 are at a point of almost desperation that the Prince Charming or the Princess Charming will show up. And it will be cut just the way you like, dimple in the chin and all. Understand, Satan sends stones to act like bread when he wants to tempt you. But the way that you refute it is how? With God's word. We'll get back to that in a second. So Satan can tempt. He's a master at tempting us, as he did Adam and Eve. But he uses deception. Right? So he, he's great at tempting. He's great at deceiving. He is a deceiving power. Genesis 3 and verse 1. Now the spirit was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and said unto the woman, Yea, if God surely said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So the serpent comes to Eve and says, hey, didn't, Jesus, didn't God say this whole place is like a smorgasbord? You eat all the fruits you want from any tree? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the tree of the, tr of, the, uh, of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest what? Lest you die. She knew the rules. Satan was hoping she would have been like, yeah, sure, we can eat of any tree. He'd have been like, okay, come eat this one. When she knew the rules, Satan changed course. We know the rules. So he will always change course in trying to tempt us. By trying to find a way for you to justify breaking his law. Look at what happens in the story. The serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. You see the deception? He lied. There are two great lies. We talked about the state of the dead in the last time, time we, we presented on apologetics. We will deal with the Sabbath later. But according to Roger Minot, the demon priests say there are two great lies that Satan is thrilled that the Christian, Christian world believes. Number one is that the dead are not really dead. The second is that Sunday is the day of worship. So he lies. For God doth know, look at verse five, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil. Look at what he offers her. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, so he played on her appetite, he played, he played on everything, on her desire to be wise and more than she was, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit, she ate it, and gave it to her husband, and he ate. Deception and temptation. Satan is a master. Revelation 12 and verse 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, from the Eden, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out of the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Who does he deceive? The world. Let me tell you something, Christians. Because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean we do it. The world has been deceived, which means that when you believe what God teaches, you are often going to go against the current of the world. John 8 and verse 44, ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, 
for he is a what? He's a liar and the father of it. Guess what? This is why we don't tell lies as Christians. Amen? Satan is the father of lies. The third thing he can do is he can control the elements. Here we go. Continuing in the story of Job, Job 1.13. And there was a day when his sons and daughters, remember that Satan left? His sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. There came a messenger unto Job and said, oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. The Sabians fell upon them and took them away. They have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I'm the only one that escaped. So he controlled the Sabians to kill Job's, um, uh, some of Job's property. Verse 16, while that servant was speaking, another one came and said, look at what he says. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and servants and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped to tell you. Satan had control to send the fire to destroy the sheep and the servants. I hope you're getting this. When the story of Elijah, when he's on Mount Carmel and Baal, the prophets of Baal are going against the people of God and the contest is can whose God is going to send fire from heaven. Never forget, Satan had the ability to send fire from heaven. You see it here. But Christ, God in heaven, was able to control Satan. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels, took them away and slain the servants of the sword. I'm the only one escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, another one comes. Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking in your eldest brother's house. And there came a great wind. Who sent the wind? Satan did. From the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped to tell thee. This tells you that the, the devil can control people. He can start wars. He can cause fire to fall from heaven. He can cause great winds to happen. He can cause death and destruction. And this is his almost sole purpose on earth. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. What did Job do? He worshiped God. When trial comes into your life, it is not time to complain and moan. It is time to praise and worship God. Difficult, but that's what the example Job gives here. Job said, naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And look at this. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. The devil wants to tempt you to charge God. Ephesians 2 and verse 2 tells you more about the devil's powers. Wherein in times past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Did you see that? He's got power in this world over the elements, over the air, the prince of the air, the spirit that now works, works in the children of disobedience. Ellen White says it like this in the book, The Great Controversy. Satan works through the elements also to garner his harvest of unprepared souls. He has studied the secrets of the laboratories of nature and he uses all his power to control the elements as far as God allows while appearing to the children of men as a great physician who can heal all their maladies, he will bring disaster and disaster until populous cities are reduced to ruin and desolation. Even now he is at work in accidents and calamities by sea and by land, in great conflagrations, in fierce tornadoes and terrific hailstorms, in tempests, floods, cyclones, tidal waves, and earthquakes, in every place and in a thousand forms, Satan is exercising his power. He sweeps away the ripening harvest and the famine and distress follow. He imparts to the air a deadly taint and thousands perish by the pestilence. These visitations are to become more and more frequent and disastrous. Destruction will be upon both man and beast. The prophet says the earth mourns and fades away. The haughty people do languish. The earth is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. The devil has great power. When we start talking about pandemics and all of the natural disasters that are happening in the world, understand that Satan is messing with the world. And as God's spirit is removed from the world, he will become more able to do these things. 
they will increase in frequency. As Jesus warns in Matthew 24 and verse 7. But he can also control minds. Did you get this? The devil can control minds. Mark 5 and verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, whose dwelling was among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Someone rushed Jesus as he gets out of the ship, a man possessed by the devil who has control of his mind, and, he, and nobody can control this man. He was uncontrollable because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Self-destruction. Mark 5, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Let me tell you something. The devil wants to control each one of us. He especially wants to get our children. This story, you know, the story ends with Jesus casting the demon out and the man in his right mind. But this is a statement of where the devil wants to bring people. This is what he wants for humanity. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, page 299. In this degenerate age, Satan holds control over those who depart from the right and venture upon his ground. He exercises his power upon such in an alarming manner. I was directed to these words, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Some, I was shown, gratify their curiosity and tamper with the devil. They have no real faith in spiritualism and would start back with horror at the idea of being mediums. Yet they venture and place themselves in a position where Satan can exercise his power upon them. Such do not mean to enter deep into this work, but they know not what they are doing. They are venturing on the devil's ground and are tempting him to control them. This powerful destroyer considers them his lawful prey and exercises his power upon them and that against their will. When they wish to control themselves, watch this church, they cannot. They yielded their minds to Satan and he will not release his claims but holds them captive. No power can deliver the ensnared soul but the power of God in answer to earnest prayers of his faithful followers. He wants to control minds. And he has great power because Satan can do something else. He can transform himself into an angel of light. You know what that means? It means that he can make it look like he is on God's side. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 11, 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. I want you to get that Satan's last great uh, manifestation and deception is that he's going to come to earth as an angel of light. If you study the religions of the world, even evangelical Christianity, there, there's this idea of Jesus returning in a way the Bible does not describe. This is the secret rapture. This is him sitting in the temple in Jerusalem for a thousand years, which is taught by many evangelicals. This is his return according to Islam. This, I mean, I could, if you go through all the religions, everyone has this idea that a Messiah, a Savior, someone's coming, but it is not in the way the Bible describes the second coming of Christ. Satan is going to play on that to make everyone believe Jesus has returned when he hasn't. Great Controversy, page 524. Among the most successful agencies of the great deceiver are the delusive teachings and lying wonders of spiritualism, which we'll deal with in a whole other message. Disguised as an angel of light, he spreads his nets where least expected, least suspected. If men would but study the book of God, the Bible, with earnest prayer that they might understand it, they would not be left in darkness to receive false doctrines. But as they reject the truth, they fall a prey to what? Deception. So, if he transforms himself into an angel of light, I believe he's already begun to do it. I believe the devil is already working to transform himself into an angel of light 
And we have seen the evidences of that. So let's look at it. Number one, television. This is a TV show called Lucifer. I think I've talked about it before. It's a popular television show. And you know it's popular because it is in its sixth season now. TV shows don't often make it that long. But here, Lucifer is a handsome owner of a nightclub who fights evil because of his bent to, or fights bad guys and instills justice because according to the, the, the model of, 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 of Satan and Lucifer that they have, Lucifer controls hell and he punishes the wicked. Does Lucifer control hell? He does not. It's a whole nother message we're going to hit. What is hell really like? But he wants the world to believe that. So he can come to earth in this, in this story, a line on television, as the one who's actually getting revenge for people and exacting justice. He's a good guy. And guess what? A whole generation is being raised to believe that he is. Because if 60% no, if of Christians don't even believe there's a devil, how much of the world doesn't believe there's one? So that when you give him this picture of him, they believe it. But it's not just there. It goes all the way back. This is all the way back into the 70s or 60s. This is the one of the biggest rock bands of all times, the Rolling Stones. Um, another uh, great rock band um, ma remade this. Um, uh, I forget the name of the other group. But this was their, the song Sympathy for the Devil. And when you study, when, Roger, when you read Roger Minot's accounts of what, the what they teach in these demon uh, temples, where they worship the devil, basically, outrightly. He speaks of this mansion in Montreal with, with, with pictures of the demons and Satan himself. And he describes it. It's kind of airy. Um, but they have sympathy for the devil. They say, in fact, the devil is the one who was done wrong. That's how they worship the devil. God wasn't fair in what he did to him. They want sympathy for the devil. And here's a rock song that, that, back, that, that says that. There was another song. I was going to put the lyrics up. And I said, eh. 1975. Barry Manilow dropped a hit song that won a Grammy called I Write the Songs. I challenge you to go back and look up the lyrics of that song online and see who really wrote that song. Remember, he was the one built with pipes and tabrets. Lucifer basically tells you that he writes the songs that makes the whole world sing. Of course, this was, this was an article. You see Snoop in the picture there, Snoop Dogg. The 18 best songs about the devil. And one of them is Snoop Dogg's hip-hop song, um, Murder Was the Case. And in the song, he, he shot some, uh, how many times, and he's supposed to die. But in the song and in the music video, the devil bears to him and restores him to life and gives him more riches when he signs up to follow the devil. Let me tell you something. I think when you, as a Christian, when you look at this, what is most frightening is the devil isn't even hiding this stuff. It's wide open. It's, it's, it's everywhere. It's in all kinds of things. I, I could have done just a whole thing on just the media and, and the enemy and how he is manipulating our children. You notice that even in Disney now, the cartoons are no longer the princesses being saved from a bad person. They've gone back and made the bad people the heroes, like Maleficent. I mean, yeah, you see, as a Christian, you, you heard what the Spirit of Prophecy says. We venture onto that ground thinking we're safe because we would never do spiritualism. And you don't understand what it's like to play wicked, where the wicked witch is now the good guy because she was, she was uh, bullied and so forth. I'm telling you that if we put this in front of our children, they will not be able to understand deception like they're supposed to. They will be deceived because their understanding of right and wrong, dark and light, Christ and Satan will be blurred. I've shown you the slides on even on BLM, Black Lives Matter and others that everyone jumps on board and our, even our, some of our churches jump on board with. And obviously I'm all about the, the, the justice and fairness in this society, especially along race. But when you go behind the scenes and read what they say on their website, the spiritualism invoking uh, goddesses from Africa. So should I go out there and march when they invoke a goddess? I'm not marching with no goddess. I'm sorry. I'm only marching under the banner of Jesus Christ. Call me a sellout if you want, but I am sold out for Christ Jesus. One of the biggest ways, the number one type of movie is this one, horror films. 
they do well. In fact, in this article, they're talking about how during the pandemic, these were the movies that people turn to and watch the most. Horror films are more popular than ever. Presenting Satan directly. I'm, I'll never forget when I was a little kid, I was at my grandparents' house and my cousins fell asleep and we didn't have cable at home. We had four channels. About midnight, they all went off. So, you know, we, our, our remote control, I always joke, our remote control was a pair of pliers because we didn't even have a knob on the TV. At my grandparents' house, my grandfather had cable. And my, we were watching, I don't, know was, I don't know what channel it was, and the movie The Exorcist came on. And all my cousins fell asleep. And I was wired. I couldn't even sleep. And that thing, and I'm sitting there, I couldn't even get up to turn the channel. I was so afraid. I was paralyzed. I had nightmares for like two weeks. I was probably like eight, nine years old. You don't put... <laughs> These, this is how Satan is literally manifesting himself. When I lived in L.A. and talked to people in the industry, they would bring in real witches to do these movies, to put curses on the movies so that people would be influenced a certain way by the movies. I don't even have time to get into video games and stuff today. But I am telling you that he is manifesting himself in society right now. And yes, back in the day, it would be a demon-possessed person running down the street. That still happens. But he doesn't have to do that to you. Because we will choose to turn the channel where he will entertain us. Here's what Great Controversy says. The power and malice of Satan and his high host might justly alarm us. Were it not that we may find shelter and deliverance in the superior power of our Redeemer. We carefully secure our houses with bolts and locks to protect our property and our lives from evil men. But we seldom think of the evil angels who are constantly seeking access to us and against whose attacks we have in our own strength no method of defense. Hope y'all got that. She continues, if permitted, they can distract our minds, disorder, torment our bodies, destroy our possessions and our lives, their only delight is in misery and destruction. Fearful is the condition of those who resist the divine claims and yield to Satan's temptations until God gives them up to the control of evil spirits. But those who follow Christ are ever safe under his watch care. Amen. Angels that excel in strength are sent from heaven to protect them. The wicked one cannot break through the guard which God has stationed about his people. Roger Minot says in his books that the demon priest says that when there's war, the demons watch as man slaughters man and they laugh. That's what they want, the destruction of mankind. And I like what the spirit of prophecy is saying is here that those who follow Christ are ever safe under his watch care. There's a, there's a shield put up like Job had. The story of Job, as tough as it is to read, because you see what Job goes through, you also understand Satan can only go as far as God allows. So the last question about the devil is this one. What is the end of the devil? How does the story finish for that brutal beast? Revelation chapter 20, and I saw an angel come from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So the first part of the end of Satan is he will be bound. Now, some people think that he's going to be bound in chains. He will be bound in the chains of the circumstances that he will be in an, up on a planet where there's no one to tempt. The wicked dead will be dead. The righteous living and dead will be in the new Jerusalem. And for 1,000 years, Satan will walk this earth in the chains of seeing the consequences of his rebellion. His demons will see it. The unfallen worlds will all see that if you follow Satan all the way in rebellion against the government of God, it is destruction that is the final result. Revelation 20. I saw an angel come, oh, Revelation 20, 10, and the devil that deceived them 
this is final end, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, and, the, and where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever. His final resting place is a lake of fire. He once walked among the stones of fire. The Spirit said, the, 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 the Bible says that the fire is going to come from within him to consume him. And he will now be cast into a lake of fire. Look at what it says. Revelation 20, 14 and 15 says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is what? The second death. This is it. There's no more death after this. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Whosoever was found not written in the book of life. So guess what? I want to make sure my name's written in the book of life. I don't want to be in the, in the swimming pool with, with the devil. I don't want to be in the lake of fire with the enemy. Here's what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, he says, Then shall he also, uh, also then, he, he say, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Who was it prepared for? Prepared for the devil and his angels. Let me, let me give you one of the biggest pieces of mercy you could, and, and grace of God. Complete, final destruction and death was not designed for us. It was designed for the devil and his angels. The reason I'm a Christian, covered by the blood of the Lamb, why I claim the righteousness of Christ, is because I want what he has promised me. I'm not supposed to wind up in hell. And if you grew up in this church and you know these truths, you're not supposed to wind up there either. It wasn't made for you. And you are without excuse if you've heard these truths. Job chapter 2. We'll finish up with Job. Read a couple more and we're done. Job chapter 2 nine and 9. Then said his wife unto him, Do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. That was Job's, uh, the, the, the advice from his wife. His wife wasn't the only bad guy in the story. His three friends aren't very helpful either. Look at his response, church. Somebody needs to hear this response today. But he said unto her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. He didn't say she was foolish. He said, you speak like them. What shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. No matter how difficult what Job was going through, the loss of his children, the loss of his property, by this time he's covered in boils. He takes a pot, broken pieces of a pot, and is scratching the boils all over his body. And yet Job says, we received good for all those years. How dare we receive all that good and expect that at no time bad things will happen. Because Job trusted more in the goodness and love of God than he did in his circumstances as created by the enemy. And you know what happens to some of us? We have that flipped. We trust the circumstances. We determine God's condition, God's position toward us by how life is going for us, rather than understanding that no matter how good it is or no matter how bad it is, God is the same God. Whatever you're going through, and some of you, God is telling me right now, some of you are going through some stuff. You're going through some difficulty. Some of you are in financial ruin and mess. Some of you have been diagnosed with difficult things. And um, you're having trouble with your children or your marriage. You're going through stuff. And because of your circumstances, like Job's wife, you want to blame God. But I, I, I want to submit to you that the enemy has done this. And you must trust God first and most, especially when things go wrong. When the three Hebrew boys stood outside of that fiery furnace, what did they say to Nebuchadnezzar? Our God can deliver us. And they said, even if he chooses not to, we're not going to bow. I know some of you are facing the fire today. I know life is tough. I've been there. I've laid on my face asking God, where is he? How could he allow this to come to me? Angry with God, but I've learned when you're mad at God, 
Take your anger, your disappointment, and your doubt to God. Don't take it to the world. Go to God with your with disappointment. Go to God with everything that's going wrong and bring it to him. And the God of heaven will show you that he still loves you, even in the midst of your darkness. Spirit of Prophecy, last few slides says this. Spiritual Gifts, Volume 4, B, page 104. I saw evil angels contending for souls and angels of God resisting them. The conflict was severe. Evil angels were crowding about them, corrupting the atmosphere with their poisonous influence and stupefying their sensibilities. Holy angels were anxiously watching these souls and were watching to drive back Satan's hosts. But it is not... But it is not the work of good angels to control minds against the will of the individuals. If they yield to the enemy and make no effort to resist him, then the angels of God can do but little more than hold and check the host of Satan that they should not destroy until further light is given to those in peril to move them to arouse and look to heaven for help. Did you get that? The evil angels want to control you, but the good angels will not. They will protect your life, but they can't step in. If you want the good angels to fight on your behalf most powerfully, cut the devil off. Stop listening to the stuff you're listening to. Stop watching the stuff you're watching, reading the things you're reading. Cut the devil off and cast him out. Turn to God for light and direction and protection and he will show up. But you can't ask for God's protection on the one hand and feed the devil in your house on the other. Jesus will not commission holy angels to extricate those who make no effort to help themselves. Did you get that? Great Controversy, page 508. Satan summons all his forces and throws his whole power into the combat. Why is it that he meets with no great res greater resistance? Why are the soldiers of Christ so sleepy and indifferent? Because they have so little real connection with Christ. Because they are so destitute of his spirit. Sin is not to them repulsive and abhorrent as it was to their master. You know why sin, sin isn't repulsive to us? We've been watching people get shot and killed on TV since we were children. Tom and Jerry, you remember the cartoon? Banging each other upside the head, beating each other up for no good reason at all. Mice and cats don't fight. One might just kill the other one and eat them, but they don't go running around the house breaking stuff. Remember Bugs Bunny? Roadrunner and the coyote. Since we were children, we were taught violence. I want you to get what I'm saying. The music we listened to told us that we should be promiscuous. Sleep around. We have been exposed to evil for so long, it is no longer evil to us. We, we, we have been immune, we've developed tolerance to it. And unless sin is seen as it is, you will not abhor it and be repulsed by it. And so you'll just walk into it. And it's influence, even if you're not the one sleeping around. The, the fact that your mind has been brought there will bring you low. continues, they do not meet it as did Christ, with decisive and determined resistance. They do not realize the exceeding evil and malignity of sin, and they are blinded both to the character and the power of the prince of darkness. There is little enmity against Satan and his works because there is so great ignorance concerning his power and malice and the vast extent of his warfare against Christ and his church. Multitudes are deluded here. They do not know that their enemy is a mighty general who controls the minds of evil angels and that with well-matured plans and skillful movements, he is warring against Christ to prevent the salvation of souls. Did you guys get that? Satan can only get back at God one way. I want you to hear this. Satan cannot win. He's lost. He knows he's lost. That's why the scripture says, you know, you know what Revelation 12 happens at the cross. That's when he's finally cast out of heaven and can't go back like he did in the book of Job. It is at the cross. That's why right after that it says, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb at the cross. He was cast out once and for all and for good. He knows he's defeated. When Jesus got up out of the tomb on that first day of the week, 
He came out with the keys to death and hell. Satan knew it was over. It was finished. That's why it says in Revelation 12, uh, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. The devil has come down among you having great wrath because he has what? Short time. So while he knows he has a short time, we act like we've got all the time in the world. So the devil is working because the only way he can get back at God is to destroy you. Because God made you and he loves you. You are a pawn to Satan. The only way he can injure God is to injure us, to injure our families, to injure our children. And we ought not be participants in that destruction. Fight the devil. The scripture says resist the devil and he will flee. You can't have one hand on the devil and one hand on the Lord. This is what Jesus said, 1 John 3, 8. John says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came to earth, to destroy what the devil has done. Hebrews 2 and verse 14 says, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. Jesus became flesh and blood as we talked about in the Nature of Christ episode. That through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Jesus died. And, you know, I, I wanted to, one of my coworkers is Catholic. And on one of our, our meetings, it was a couple years ago, it was, it was Good Friday. And I said, happy Good Friday. And being Catholic, she said, you, how could you say that? Good Friday is a horrible day. It's, the, it's when Jesus suffered. Why would you say happy Good Friday? I said, you think happy is the worst word? What about the word good? You call the word, it's a Good Friday. Why is it good if it's so terrible? You don't even realize what you're saying. I said it is on that day, as terrible as what happened to Jesus was, it was on that day that we gained victory over the enemy. He died, the scripture says, so that he might destroy him who had power of death. Who had the power of death before Jesus died and resurrected? The devil had that power. He doesn't have it anymore. But guess what? I can rejoice. That's what Paul says. If I'm going to glory, I glory in the cross. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. And we need to take time studying Matthew 27 in Roger Renault's book. When the demons come after him, after he leaves demon worship and they're coming to try and destroy him, he learns that when he reads Matthew chapter 27, the story of the crucifixion, the demons flee when they hear the story. Because at the cross, they were banished from heaven once and for all. And I want to submit to you today, you can banish him today out of your house. You can banish him out of your marriage. Lift Jesus up. Make Jesus the focus of your home, the focus of your marriage, the focus of your parenting. Make it be Christ, not the success of your child in Ivy League schools, not the not the 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 the, 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 the gaining of all kinds of worldly wealth or, or 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 great career. Make Christ be at the center. That's how you gain victory over the devil. You play around with the devil, he will destroy you. And as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. That through, the, through, the, through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'm going to say a special prayer again over families, over our children. And if you're someone who you know that the enemy is deep messing with your home, I, so I don't even want anybody to come forward. I want you to call out to God now. I want you to ask God to show you what needs to be removed from your house, from your from your list of iTunes songs, from your Netflix uh, account. What needs to not be seen, heard? What is in, what is obstructing the spirit of God from working fully on our behalf? I want you to pray out to God for that as I pray. Praying for the Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you for the truth about who the devil is. He is a liar and a murderer a rebel, and a destroyer. Father God, we have no sympathy for him. We claim the blood of Jesus Christ right now. I claim it on every family under the sound of my voice. 
I claim it for every broken or hurt marriage. I claim it for every wayward child. I claim the blood of Jesus Christ, Father God, on everyone who is under the influence of the enemy in secret sin. I claim the blood of Jesus, the blood that still works, it still washes, it still cleanses. Father God, apply the blood and pour out your Holy Spirit on our homes, on our marriages, on our children, Father. Well, Father God, we are up against a mighty enemy, but we praise you that we have an even mightier Savior. Save us from the wickedness of this world. Help us to choose you and to no longer look to the enemy for entertainment or for privilege. Help us, Father God, to be humble and follow you. This is our prayer in Jesus' precious and holy name. Let the church say amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.